Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Take you to the pleasure zone, baby. Praise Jesus! This phrase can be heard all along the foothills of Virginia, particularly near Lynchburg, Virginia, home of Liberty University. Its founder, Jerry Falwell Sr., was an evangelical man who started multiple schools and passed the torch down to his children after his death. The son tapped to be his replacement as president at Liberty, and our show subject today is the one and only Jerry Falwell Jr. Jerry Jr. didn't fall far from deadest ideology. Praise Jesus, hate gays and Muslims, and get yourself involved in politics when you don't really have any business being involved in it. What Falwell Jr. did accomplish that his father did not was growing Liberty's enrollment, revenue, and endowment fund beyond anyone's wildest expectations. Oh, and allegedly he likes to watch his wife get banged by young dudes while he hides in the corner and flogs his holy log. Was Jerry Jr. put in the right position to lead a university in the first place? How did the school grow exponentially while he was in charge? Does he really like to wear a Speedo while he leers from the corner during these alleged bang sessions with his wife? We'll dive into this and much more in this holy rolling episode of Asshole Court. boys let's get some initial scores on jerry falwell jr um i hate him gonna come right out and say it the guy sucks ass Uh, tell us how you really feel mikey that's exactly what i'm doing he's a real (laughs) piece of shit and uh he is the quintessential uh, idea of everything that's wrong with everything right now uh now i'm gonna if they had a poster child it would be yeah yeah he's i mean he just he annoys me everybody knows that just listen to the show but i'm gonna start him off with a seven Uh, because, you know, I don't like him and I think he's done some really horrible things, but you know, he hasn't killed anybody and, uh, we're going to dive into those quick and then we can, uh, I'll comment on those. Nice. All right. I don't really know anything about him. I heard the name and I was like, I could do a bunch of research on him, but that actually takes some of the surprise out of the show. So I'm interested to see what we learn about him today. I like the uh, initial intro and I can already tell he's a little racist. He's uh, a little bit from back country and, uh, you know, what else do you need to be the leader of a big Christian university? You know, that seems like all the things that you would look to <laughs> check all off. those boxes. Right. You know, so In this uh, day and age, certainly. So um, I'm going to go a little conservative, maybe give him a six out of the gates. All right. And I'm interested to see where my score is going to lie at the end of this show. All right. Good deal. Six point So going into it, most recently, the pool boy story mm-hmm. is what kind of emerged and got the topic for the show going today so obviously i read all about that and you start to learn about it so before i did all the research for the show i knew a little bit about him short and sweet i'm gonna give him 
I'll go six as well, right out of the gate. All right. With a six from Buddy, a seven from Mikey, and a six from Randy, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s pre-show asshole score is a 6.3 repeating. All right. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Jerry Lamont Falwell Jr. was born June 17, 1962, in Lynchburg, Virginia, as the eldest son of Jerry Sr. and Maysell Falwell. His daddy, Jerry Falwell Sr., was an American Southern Baptist pastor, televangelist, and conservative activist. He was the founding pastor of Thomas Road Baptist Church, which is a mega church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Was he at least a good evangelical no. priest? Or was well, he? it depends on what your definition it, of, of that good is. is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you make a ton of money? Apparently, that is a big a scoring factor. And yes, he did make a fuck ton of money. Also became a national figurehead for the evangelical movement and uh, really kind of cut his teeth politically. So yeah. it worked uh, for him. Was he a good human being? Absolutely not. So in a nutshell, he scammed a bunch of money from a bunch of Christians, then used that money to run for political office. He never ran for political office, but he started like what was called the moral majority back in the day. It was with Reagan and the boys, I believe, right? Yeah, Yeah. that was really when they started to piece together the evangelical wing of the conservative movement and stuff like that. And he was one of the main players there. So, yeah, anytime you mix politics and religion together is just kind of a bad combo. Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. So as a kid, little Jerry attended private schools in the Lynchburg area, including Lynchburg Christian Academy, the school his father founded, which was later renamed as Liberty Christian Academy. Mm -hmm. He graduated there in 1980. He then attended, shocker, Liberty University, where he (laughs) obtained a Bachelor of Arts in History and Religious Studies in 1984. Let me guess, like a (laughs) 4.0 GPA from there? (laughs) Yeah, he didn't have a hard time getting admitted. You know, again, his, his did, it was the founder of the school, so pretty telling as to where he was going to go to college yeah that application got fast-tracked right i kept telling my dad could you please found a university so i could just get this degree out of the way (laughs) after graduating from liberty he went on to the university of virginia school of law which is pretty prestigious it is a very good school yeah okay where he obtained his juris doctor in 1987 so the future president of one of the biggest christian universities in the country was actually a lawyer And not a preacher. So I guess he knew how to cover his ass, you know? Yeah, assets. It was while he was at the University of Virginia that he met his future wife, Becky. As we'll hear later in the show, Becky plays a big part in what brought this dude to our courtroom in the first place. Mm -hmm. Old Jerry and Becky. That's right. All right. One problem he faced while dating Becky was that his mother threatened to cut him off if he married his future wife. Falwell describes his wife as just kind of a country girl. Not one of those girls who gets up on stage and sings and has a lot of makeup on and all that stuff. You say that, Jerry, but she is a Jezebel, and she will get on stage and get naked in front of many, many men. <laughs> but, Mom, I love her. She's my soulmate. You just ain't been fucked right, and this is the first time you've seen it in your life, and I understand because the first time I laid that pussy on your dad. <laughs> I just want to sow my royal oats like you did with Diddy. Also a freak in the sheets, she was a Liberty graduate, and Falwell gave a symbolic middle finger to his parents by not immediately jumping into the family business of brainwashing and preying on Jesus freaks. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Jerry Jr. liked to see himself as a rebel of sorts, a redneck at heart like his granddaddy Falwell, Mm -hmm. who was an agnostic who ran a moonshine operation during Prohibition shot his own brother dead in a quarrel, and haunted by the killing, drank himself to death. 
Yeah. That was her grand. Oh, that was wow. his grandfather. That was Jerry Falwell Senior's dad. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Agnostic. Interesting. Kind of cool. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, what do you do? He said, "Well, I just make moonshine and shoot people." I shot my brother last week. It's kind of bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> the moonshine runners. Honestly, that does seem pretty cool. Like. If you were running moonshine, and that's how NASCAR got started, it is absolutely was to true. develop and build cars that could outrun the cops. Yeah, the okay. moonshine in North in Carolina. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right. North Weren't Carolina. they using moonshine to power the cars and stuff like that? No, I think gasoline. they were wanting to sell that. Yeah. yeah, they were wanting to sell that product. But I mean, I it is that, like, it, does, it gave a higher like the ethanol. Yeah, gas. could be. I, I don't know. know anything about cars at all, really. So it's very possible. But I will say that the moonshiner lifestyle does appeal to my inherent rebelliousness. And I'm just kind of like, that's badass. And then imagine the shame of his son being like super religious. He's like, well, God damn it. Son of a bitch. He said, hey, where did I go wrong? Jerry, you stabbed someone today, son? No, dad. I was just reading the Bible. He's like, pussy. That's right. <laughs> Help me load this booze in the back yeah. of my Trans Am. I don't want to, dad. He said, well, it's just sacramental wine. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jerry's dream at the time was to become a real estate developer, a dream that didn't last too long as he ran through two years worth of savings pretty quickly and had to figure out something else and quick. So if your dad was a well-to-do evangelical preacher who had started a successful university, it probably wasn't too difficult to make that decision. You see this all the time with second generation wealth where they're like, Man, I'm not going to do what my dad fuck that, did. dude. I don't really care about that stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter. What I want to do is like just what my passion is. And what I want to do is like fucking sell houses and have my face like on billboards. So I'm going to do that. And then it doesn't work out. And they're like, well, come to think about it. Money is pretty important. <laughs> I've seen it multiple times. Yeah, they come back crawling back. They're like, yeah. I guess I'll run the business then. If I have to. Yeah. Just got to wait for the old man to die. And then they come back like a decade later and they're like, I'm a self-made man. I mean, I've done all this myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I work my ass off to get where I'm at. Yeah, no. Nobody handed me anything. Mm -hmm. At first, he didn't work directly for Liberty. From 1987 to 2007, Fawell served in a private practice in Virginia and as the lawyer for Liberty University and its related organizations. He even got that hand off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can have the account, son. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm a really good lawyer. Like, yeah, sure. You're going to be like a junior lawyer with our team here. We're just going <laughs> to let you. You're going to get to play house, okay? <laughs> he joined the board of trustees of the university in 2000. This is where Falwell started to use his position to profit from the nepotism that would soon continue to trickle down the line. Before becoming school president, Falwell set up two companies that enabled him to cut property deals with one of the many nonprofit entities affiliated with the university. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Hits keep coming. Yep. Here we go. In each of the deals, Falwell played multiple roles with potentially conflicting interests. He was an officer of the university, a board member for Liberty Broadcasting Network, the nonprofit selling the land, and a private developer who could profit from the transactions. So land records reveal that companies personally founded by Falwell cut property deals with one of the many nonprofits affiliated with the university as early as 2001. The television network, LBN for short, carried sermons of Falwell's father, Reverend Jerry Falwell. It also promoted Liberty University, operated from the school's campus, and offered Christian family-oriented programming. But LBN wasn't particularly sex but sexy? sexy it definitely isn't sexy. <laughs> yeah. we don't allow for masturbation here at liberty university so don't even think about being sexy god damn it well i'm gonna change that 
wasn't particularly successful and required loans from Liberty to stay afloat. So it wasn't directly tied to Liberty, gotcha. but it operated out of Liberty campus mm-hmm. and essentially, like I said, got loans to kind of yeah. keep going. You yeah. know? We're going to call it Liberty. All the equipment and all that. Yeah. We're yeah. going to call everything Liberty because it's all about freedom to do what we tell you to do. That's right. We've got the Liberty if you to wanna, do what we want. If you can't read any of those women's magazines or dude magazines about women, so if you want to beat off, you're going to have to read Samson and Delilah in the Bible. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> Samson. LBN owned properties in the area, and Jerry Falwell Jr. was a trustee for those holdings. When LBN began to sell its assets, at least two of the properties ended up in deals involving Falwell. Oh, full disclosure, guys. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. The first was a 1.4-acre vacant lot just across the highway from Liberty's campus. In April 2001, LBN sold the lot for $327,000 to a newly founded limited liability company. The purchaser, Gateway Country Plaza, LLC, operated from a Liberty University building. Corporate registration records show, but Gateway didn't belong to the school. Rather, it was a for-profit real estate holding firm and was partially owned by Falwell himself. Of course it was. <clears throat> Falwell signed as a member manager on its financial documents. Once the Falwell-led firm owned the property, it erected a building there at an estimated cost of 153000 according to a city permit. By 2002, the vacant lot had become a strip mall. After the shopping strip was developed, with further investment by Falwell's company, the property value soared. And by 2006, Falwell sold the property for $2.7 million, mm-hmm. more than eightfold what the company had paid for the undeveloped track five years ago. Damn. Hey, look, this guy is the American dream. All you got to <laughs> do is just, you know, work the system and have uh, tons of money in your pocket and know all sorts of weird tricks. Yeah, that's sure. exactly what it was. So he was a board member at the school, a board member of the nonprofit who was selling it, and a for-profit real estate developer who had dibs on all of it. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, too, is because these things aren't illegal, but they're highly unethical. Yeah, exactly. And isn't the whole purpose of religion to instill a sense of ethics into people. <laughs> yeah, what is good? If you look at every religion, that's what they teach is like how to be a good person. Yeah. You know. I mean, can you imagine if like, you know, instead of God having his son Jesus crucified, he just gave him a sweet ass land deal? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't crucify me here. This yeah. is my land. It. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's sweating about having to get crucified and he's like, can't we just do something better than this? Instead of crucifying me, can't you just give me a plot of land and let me build a strip mall? Come on, Dad. In 2005, property records show Falwell again acted as a private businessman when a university nonprofit affiliate and a company he operated joined together to sell land to a third company controlled by Falwell's real estate partner. Of course. So pretty much part two. Diddy Jerry had started to put a plan in place near the end of his life that would have Jerry Jr. to lead Liberty University, while Jerry Sr.'s other son, Jonathan Falwell, inherited the ministry at Thomas Road Baptist Church. So he gets the college, the son gets the mega church. Like, exactly. Yeah. You go be good, you do all my bidding. Yeah, right. Jonathan is apparently, from what I can gather, is like the quote-unquote good apple. He's like the <clears throat> legitimate religious dude that went to like seminary school and you know i'm sure life or whatever it is liberty university seminary school and then you got uh jerry jr who's just like you know trying to be jerry jones <laughs> yeah yeah the decisions were rooted in each personality jerry jr had an aggressive business instinct and jonathan was more charismatic and interested in the ministry the succession plan took effect when jerry senior died in 2007 
He started his tenure off by putting his two sons and their wives as well on the university's payroll. Why not? Yeah. Not long after, Falwell was added again on the underhanded real estate train. In 2012, in a project Falwell launched as Liberty's president, the university spent more than $2 million to build a tunnel that links the campus to another shopping plaza nearby. Mm. Falwell's the part owner of the shopping plaza. Of course he is. And it was built under railroad tracks, right? And their whole thing was, well, the kids didn't have a way to get over to the shops and the, mm-hmm. the restaurants mm-hmm. other than to build this $2 million tunnel. Oh, by the way, I own a oh, lot yeah. of shit at the end of that tunnel. I mean, how else are we going to feed the kids their lunches if they can't get over to the strip mall safely? Yeah, he said Jerry Jr. just opened up a new pokey place, and these kids <laughs> need to go over there. I'm telling you, it was funny. Is like my father was the opposite. Like he was like anti nepotism to the point that like I was good enough to make All Stars one season, the one season that he coached, and wouldn't put me on there. So people <laughs> thought that he wasn't giving me a deal, and I was like, I mean, come on, dude. Right? I, on. Why can't my dad be Jerry Falwell? <laughs> I want to be pitching every game. Dude, telling you. Well, Jerry was letting other people pitch every game, it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. Get into that one. (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) You nasty twin. (laughs) I don't care. If you're liking what you're hearing so far, check out our other episodes on your favorite podcast platform. It could change your life forever. Or maybe just give you something good to listen to on your way to work. Enjoy the show, and thanks for your support. Now, back to the action. But Jerry Falwell Jr. wouldn't be on the show if he was just a shysty real estate developer slash university president. Oh, no. Let's dive into some of the more colorful items that have summoned him to our courtroom today. Colorful. All right. To say that 2020 hasn't been kind to Falwell would be an understatement. While the majority of mankind would also agree that this year can just eat shit and go away, Falwell definitely wishes he could get a redo. In June of 2020, the outspoken Liberty University president went to Twitter, of all places, to try and remind people that the governor of Virginia had a racist past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tweet, Not like anybody in my family. Yeah. The tweet showed one person in blackface and another in a Ku Klux Klan hood and robe, which was reportedly taken from Governor Ralph Northrum's medical school yearbook. There's also a shot at the mask wearers after the governor made a face cover mandate in the midst of the pandemic. That's right. Mm. So without naming names... By now, we're all pretty used to high-ranking politicians using Twitter as a sounding board, but to have a Christian-based university president stoop to that level infuriated alumni and staff alike. Yeah, because he said that he wasn't comfortable with, or he didn't like the mask wearing, he didn't agree with the Virginia thing. So he said, yeah, in the tweet, which was just completely butt-fucking insane, was that he didn't agree with the governor's call for masks until he changed his mind, and then he posted a picture of a mask with a what looked like a white dude in blackface yep. and a Klansman standing next to him. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, my God. And he was trying to, like, I guess, bring attention to the fact that the Democratic governor at the time had taken this picture back in the 80s, yeah. mm-hmm. which also is really shitty. But I'm just like, at what point do you think that this is going to just, like, be a good idea? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Oh. I got to be honest with you. I went to a Halloween party one time in blackface. <laughs> it's true. Yes, I yeah. wasn't going to bring it up, but um, <laughs> it was. It was now, now, let me jump in here for a second because I'm going to defend Randy on this one. It was completely innocent on his part. Yeah, yeah. He showed me his costume and I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, well, I don't get it. He's like, I'm Herman Cain. Yeah, I was Herman Cain and my wife was Michelle Bachman. 
So remember, he had the 999 plan, and people thought she was the devil, so she wore a sign that said 666. Yes. So we were two politicians going to a party. We get there, we walk in the door, and everybody's looking like, Oh my God! Yeah. Who's that with her? You rock hardcore blackface. This was like 2012, too. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, but 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 it was a really misguided attempt at humor, which it's funnier for a different reason now. But it was totally innocent. But my favorite story was you waiting in the Kroger parking lot, the grocery store parking lot, for your wife to get wine so you could go to this party in blackface, <laughs> whilst people walked by and were like. It was, on, really it was on pretty thick. It was a pretty good makeup job. Yeah, it, was. Oh, it was. It was like, thick. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was completely innocent. Looking back on it, bad judgment call. You guys know me. I am. You are so not racist. Right, right. But it was just like, that's why it was so funny to me because when I was like, are you fucking shitting me, dude? And you were like totally innocent. You're like, what? I don't Yeah, get it. I don't I'm Herman Cain. Don't I look great? <laughs> yep. Anyway. <laughs> so besides being a racist... Falwell also doesn't particularly like gay people either. Really hates them. Yeah. A lot of Christians do. I mean, that's a whole that's, thing. You know, yeah. so. Falwell has actively sought to judge and hurt LGBTQ people for the duration of his life, just like his late father, Jerry Falwell Sr., who founded the Moral Majority in 1979 and spent his life whipping up as much hatred as he could against the LGBTQ people. Yeah. Falwell was described in 2000 by Frontline as a long-standing critic of the homosexual lifestyle. In October 99, at the invitation of his long-standing friend, Soul Force founder Mel White, he hosted a meeting of 200 gays and lesbians and 200 members of his own congregation in Lynchburg in a debate over gay rights. Imagine just the the tension in that room. Yeah. You could have cut with a knife. <laughs> Gosh, I, mean. yeah. I know, but it's and really the- like, it, I would be like, I'm the moderator of the debate. Here's the question. Why do you fucking care? Like, here's the thing for me, I just don't understand why they're stressing it because according to them, when a gay person dies and that's against the Bible and all that stuff like that, God is going to judge them. So like, let God be the manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean, you're, yeah, you're not the assistant manager. here. Yeah. You know, and they're like, but it's in the Bible. That's okay. I mean, that's how hard it is. But if you know you what? Tru- at the same time. Mm-hmm. They say that you can own slaves yes. in the Bible. So, I mean, like, are we going to be like, all right, cool. We're going to listen to this part, but we're not going to listen to this part. That's, that's the hard part for me. I'm like, even if you believe that that's the case, that homosexuality is an abomination to God, like, hey, dude, then God's going to be the one to make that call. Why are you wasting all this like energy, energy and anger and even money into it? But you I think know what we're I mean? going to, well, a the, lot of the, the Bible gonna, too feels like a choose your own adventure book. It certainly you know is. Oh, I it mean? is. It's like exactly yeah. to your point, like, I don't really like this part, but yeah. boy, this is what I leave can to live my life certainly by. Cherry yeah. pick. You're not supposed to mix different threads. You're not supposed to eat shellfish. There's a million things in there that are like legitimately difficult to live that lifestyle, but they really homed in on the gay one. And I think a lot of that is is what we're going to get into here in a little bit. Falwell said during the meeting that his views about homosexuality were unchanged, but that he would moderate his rhetoric. In the follow-up Frontline interview, Falwell echoed views declared by his father that homosexuality was a sin forbidden by the Bible and said that this is this one got me. Said the ex-gays had said they believe that they choose in and they choose out. You know, the old opt out of gayness idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just whatever's hot at the moment. Yeah. Sometimes I sit there and think about be like, you know, I mean, maybe a dick up the butt would be okay. Hmm. And then I'm like, 
oh, that's not really my style today, but maybe I'll check it out next week. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the case, right? Like, that's the thing. So I heard an interesting argument that someone made that was like, the people that are really, really anti-gay have the sense that it's like, it's a constant struggle to choose not to be gay, right? But like, for me, I'm like, I'm just not into that at all, right? right? Yeah. Like, whatever. But these people are like, no, it's a, they're always trying to change our lifestyle. It's because they're maybe sort of gay a little right. bit. And it's not but, just I like mean, a trend. lot of it. You look at it and you're like, man, I saw little Timmy. Man, I knew Timmy from three years old and we all knew which path that he right? was choosing. Yeah. And it's not just like trending on Twitter. Like, oh, oh, this is the cool thing to do. Yeah. It's hip. It's cool. Yeah. I'll I, be gay. I love yeah, how no, they sell this. You're like, the gay agenda. I'm like, dude, gay has just been around for forever. And like forever, said, forever, yeah. ever. And I'm just they like, mention it in the Bible. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, I just I'm sitting there thinking like there's never a moment in my life where I'm debating on whether I should fuck a dude. <laughs> you nah. know what I'm saying? But they're like, no, 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 for real. We got to get them out of here so they're not changing our minds. I mean, look at the Roman baths back in the day. The Greeks, I mean, it, like if you get into the Greeks and even uh, in the medieval times or like the squires and the knights, it was just sort of like a handshake. It was pretty standard. <laughs> I mean, for real. Like, job. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was weird. But there you go. Fawo Jr. kept the family tradition going, for example, by offering the anti-gay Miss California, Carrie Prejean, a Liberty University scholarship in 2009. Mm. Do you guys remember her? No. I remember that name. So she won Miss California and was just very outspoken about not liking gay people. Yeah. She was What's just, your talent? She's like, well, first of all, I'm going to burn a gay. <laughs> I'm really good at hating. Yeah. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. In 2013, Falwell Jr. said he did not want the university to receive federal government aid if it meant having to sign up for the anti-LGBTQ discrimination rules. Falwell said, we're now in a financial position that would allow us to simply exit the program. If it became necessary, that's what we would do. So he said he would turn down money if they had to not discriminate against yeah. gay people. Yeah. What kind of fuck shit is that? Well, and this is another thing, too, because a lot of people will make this argument, like, on the surface, it makes sense, right? You're like, well, it's it's a university. It's an option. They, they yeah. should be able to choose whether they want to accept gay people or not. But where do you draw the line? Like, we've talked about this before, right? Like, sure. So is it okay for a restaurant to tell black people to not be able to eat there? And if you allow that across the board, then, like, is that okay? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand like both sides of the argument. I'm just like, no, you really have to sort of set something in place where you can't have institutional discrimination against people because of what they are or what they do. And honestly, the sheer hypocrisy of it all. Like, mm -hmm. if you go to like, again, the base of any religion is usually be a good person. Mm -hmm. Love thy good. neighbor. That's right. Yeah. And I don't know. They just seem to pigeonhole a lot of people because yeah. they're not like them. You know right. what I mean? It's just a very natural discrimination yeah you know yeah. and then you had what would bring the downfall to Falwell jr the pool boy mm -hmm. in march of 2012 giancarlo granda was a student working as a pool attendant at miami beach's swank fountain blue hotel a frequent destination for the falwells one evening according to granda's account becky falwell spotted the 20 year old flirting with some girls my age poolside and sidled up next to him and said hey honey I think I got somebody that'll fuck me. He looks like he's after some cougars. <laughs> <laughs> well, he told her, or she told him, you should try someone with more experience. Eventually, the flirtation led to an invitation to her room. And, quote, Grenda said, but one thing, my husband likes to watch. Yeah. When they got to the room, he comes out and he's wearing a Speedo. 
<laughs> Swear to God. I'm going to do a couple laps in the chair. Yeah. He's like, I hate gays, but I want to watch that young Latin stud fuck my <laughs> wife. I want to see his butt jiggle. Now, adultery, I don't give a fuck about, but mm, when it's two of the same kind, uh-uh-uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, Leviticus 24-3. If it's a hot cabana boy, you shall let him fuck your wife. I think that's right. <laughs> she shall part her Red Sea. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, boo. It's gross. <laughs> it was the kickoff for a seven-year affair with frequent liaisons in Miami, the Florida Keys, and the Falwells Farm in Virginia. The gayest of all. The Keys. Let's hit all the gay places. Let's go to the Keys. Let's go to Miami. We'll hit San Francisco. I'll be like, fuck gays, man. I just want to watch your Latin sexy butt shine with sweat. <laughs> oh, look at the way it glistens off of them. Gronda's version of the squirmy particulars wouldn't be revealed until this past August after everything had long since gone sour. By then, it was already public knowledge that the Falwells had begun supporting Granda financially soon after they met him and that they had gifted him mightily, to borrow another evangelical phrase, in February 2014 by signing over one half of the Alton Hostel LLC to their son Trey and one quarter to Granda. Oh, wow. Man, they yeah. really brought him into the fold. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. for real. Oh, Jeez. for sure. Granda said he was also told he'd be paid to manage the property. After things began to sour and Granda began to separate himself from the powerful couple, things took a turn for the worse and Granda went public with the story. I also want to point in here that this hostel, they were hosting like real racy parties and they listed their rules as being, quote, no soliciting, fundraising, politics, salesmen or religion. Okay, so it's almost like they were trying to create almost like a a Playboy Mansion type vibe going on there. Come in, we, you know, leave everything at the door, including your clothes. Leave Jesus at the door. (laughs) (laughs) The material Granda showed Reuters included screenshots from what Granda said was a FaceTime conversation he had with the Falwells in 2019. During that call, Granda said Becky was naked and the two discussed the relationship while Jerry peeked from behind a door. Creepy. Oh, man. Voyeur shit going on. Yeah. Reuters was able to verify Granda's description of the screenshots. Mm -hmm. Granda also shared an audio recording that he says captures a conversation he had with the Falwells in 2018. In it, Becky complained about Granda describing his relationships with other people. She said, he's like telling me every time he hooks up with other people, like I don't have feelings or something. Then Jerry chimes in, you're going to make her jealous. So, I mean, this was a known like thruple going on oh yeah yeah Yeah. oh for sure earlier texts show a friendly and romantic dynamic between granda and becky falwell one in 2012 a text message which granda said came from becky read in part right now i'm just missing you like crazy have you had this effect on all your lady friends god it's like fucking 18 (laughs) oh yeah it's it's weird so have you guys seen becky falwell no i have of course i looked it up since i read the story i was like all right well i mean you know i'm sort of She's a little cougarish. You have to look at whenever there's a sex story. I have to see what the face is looking like, so I can <laughs> choose the story. In the she kind of like uh, or not. She's kind of like wedding crashers, like the cougar in there. No, may mm. she's not. Look, she's not unattractive. She's. Yeah. I mean, she obviously married a dude who is born into money, and so like those you don't that you makes know. her hot no no it's just it's just no no it's just not that it's just that like those dudes that have tons of money aren't like marrying ugly chicks usually this is so true. it just yeah. kind yeah. of gives you what the, the baseline, baseline for a rich bar. wife is usually like okay cool sort of ages out but apparently was also a super freak yeah obviously 
This shit hit the news, and even in the middle of a pandemic, the crowd went wild. To universal surprise, Liberty's Board of Trustees had finally seen enough. On August 7th, it placed Falwell on indefinite leave, and it appears to begin to negotiate a permanent break. Perhaps Falwell had come clean with them about another blast of controversy on the immediate horizon and that the pool boy was about to resurface, much like the guys in the Schmidt's Gay commercial from Saturday Night Live. My favorite. <laughs> My great... absolute favorite skit on <laughs> SNL Shit ever. Awesome. Dude, uh, Chris Farley with the glasses yeah. and lifting them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... Perhaps to try to head off the worst and maybe keep his job, Falwell sent a statement to the Washington Examiner on August 23rd, writing that Becky had indeed been engaging in an ongoing fatal attraction affair with Granda since 2012. Mm -hmm. Falwell described the younger man as emotionally unstable, lover scorned, now bent on vengeance and exposure after we tried to distance ourselves from him. Total bitch move. He chucked his wife under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, like, no, no, it was her. It's the Jezebel over there. He's like, I was just in my Speedos beating off. He was like, <laughs> It's all her. Yeah. It's not me. She was the one that proposed it. I just got horny about it. I mean, I can't really help myself. Anybody got any tissues? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like some of those uh, videos you see on Pornhub where it's like husband filled and his wife getting drilled. Oh, that's like every video on Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> They're just you know, missing the word ones. step in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Step brother. But I should also point out here that, that this was the big thing that occurred to sort of like push the thing over but yeah. there were multiple complaints about Jerry Falwell on the campus like yeah. there were people that were talking about that he was showing up to campus like drunk smelling like booze smelling that's like right booze. yep oh wow just what a pastor should be doing so or, he's uh, he's not a pastor, not a pastor yeah. president he, of the university he's like the dude that shows up to he's a like park. the owner of a car dealership yeah the son of the owner son of, of, the, yeah, owner. Son yeah. of the owner that yeah uh -huh. shows up on saturday hey guys let's sell some cars today gets his free lunch around noon and then kicks out to go play Takes golf all the money and then rolls yeah. out Absolutely. and i'm gonna take this car home tonight it'll be back tomorrow and there was one story um i didn't get into it too much where they had this big convocation where they would have guest speakers come and every thursday they were, everybody was required to be almost at like not mass, obviously that's Catholic, but whatever it was for yeah. this school. Um, Service. And he gets up there, and it was right after, I think it was the San Bernardino shooting. Yes, mm -hmm. that's correct. And he talks about if uh, if more people in that room had what I have in my back pocket, we'd get rid of those Muslims. Mm -hmm. Oh, Literally, yeah, so that's quote, alluding to the fact what that he had a gun in his pocket at a church and would have blown somebody away. Yeah, Muslims. Um, yeah. Well, that, uh, that's Not what, somebody, very specific very, people. Yeah. In the limited research that I saw, a couple of the articles that just kept on popping up to the top, it was a lot of the people on the board didn't like what he was doing or just there was a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes, but nobody would ever really rat him out or, you know, yeah. would really push him over the edge until all this came up. So, I mean, this wasn't just something that just all of a sudden started. This no, is a, He has no. a history they, of They this. finally had enough leverage to get this guy out, but they yeah. said that he was like a tyrant yeah. Like oh, on, yeah. on campus. That but like, the pull he had, because he took the online learning platform and blew this school up, blew it up. Like it went to over 90,000 enrolled people. Oh, it's the largest Jesus. Christian school in the country. Yeah. Do you know what the largest Christian university in the country is right now? Hmm. Grand Canyon University. I'm not really? surprised. I, mean, I didn't even know that was a Christian I've school. I've never even heard of that. Really? We're outside that bubble. But yeah. if you're a Christian, you're probably sending your kids to that Oh, school. GCU, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the whole thing is crazy, too, because they were struggling for money for a long time. Yeah. They, they yeah. started early. And then 
that's when he took over and then they were selling to online schooling and that's what made Liberty University as huge as And it was. so they started yeah bringing in tons of money started getting a ton of money in endowments built a massive sports complex turned their sports program into a D1 sports mm-hmm. program oh, wow. Liberty University this year has an awesome football team yeah, they're it's crazy. They beat Syracuse a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I mean, you think of Syracuse University. Granted, they're not very good at football this year. But it's, a, it's a name everybody knows. But who would have thought Liberty would right. have spanked them? You know, yeah, what I mean? sure. Like just kind of kind of odd. But yeah, he transformed the school into a. It, it, they had a lot of land. But if you look at pictures of this place, man, it's it was, back in the day. There was nothing there. It was right. like it was like just, tin roof like yeah. houses, and then literally over the past twenty years, it's blown up. It literally has. And uh, like, but people were talking about like some of the employees that worked there were saying that he ran like a dictatorship. Yeah, that's what just kept on coming up to the surface mm-hmm. every and, and the three or four articles that I saw. So I was like, oh, this guy's gonna. He be also got caught sending out emails. Uh, in which he describes one particular student as, quote, emotionally unbalanced and physically retarded. Yeah, he definitely oh. called somebody a retard in an email. Jesus yeah. Christ. Man, that's exactly what you want out of the Christian university. Well, guy. and there was also another guy that worked at the university, and he was he, not just some guy that worked at the university. He was actually the police chief for the university, and he, in one of these emails, described him as, quote, a half-wit and easy to manipulate. So... Here's the deal. There's one thing to call someone a halfwit. Like, that guy's dumb as shit. Like, we've all said that about people. <laughs> right, right. But when you start talking about easy to manipulate, that takes like a whole new shade as far as the way you look at how the world works. Like, when you think of somebody as easy to manipulate, you're fucked up, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. And then when you have also like you're a lawyer, you you know have a little bit of you've got a little bit of brains behind you if you're passing the bar and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You're manipulating them that way, but also if you've got money that you can throw at them, mm-hmm. dude, that's a that's a dangerous combination. Mm-hmm. Plus dude, clout. Yeah, I mean I'm an asshole. Like there's no way around it. I'm not a great person. But there's never been one time in my entire life where I've talked about somebody being like, Man, I can manipulate the fuck out of this right, guy. Right. Let's see where that's this goes. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. As you mindlessly scroll on your phone while waiting in line for coffee, like us on all your favorite social media platforms. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AHC Podcast. Thanks for your support. Now, back to the show. Throughout all this, Falwell painted himself as the victim. He'd spent too many long hours working for Liberty, he confessed, after being unwillingly thrust into the public spotlight upon his father's death. He'd lost 80 pounds from the stress of finding out about Becky's unfaithfulness and dealing with the repercussions. <laughs> At which point he lost 80 pounds of cum because he just kept blowing his load while he was watching, while he was watching her fuck, dude. Shut the fuck up. Ah, he comes out looking like Quagmire yeah, from dude. Family Guy once Quagmire finds out about the, the internet. Arm. That's right, <laughs> he comes yeah. out with the monster right arm. I did, that's what sucks so bad is it's always like this martyr complex, this persecution complex, like, oh, it's not the choices that I made. And they're supposed to be the ones that are like, oh, it's all about the choices you make in life until it comes down to their right, choices. Right. And you're like, you wanted to watch your wife fuck. And here's the deal. I'm going to put this out there right now. Dude, if that's your fucking shtick, like, Everybody's nobody, got their thing. Nobody yeah. cares. Like none of us here on the show are going to judge you for if you're into that lifestyle. That is your personal decision. It doesn't affect me. But the minute that you're calling people out about like these hedonistic lifestyles and shit like that, and then you're doing the same thing, you can fuck right off. Yeah. And even putting them on the payroll, like, and yeah, yeah that's yeah, fuck him on. They man. probably kissed. I mean, think about it. 
I don't want to think about it. He's got, he's got that <laughs> you beard. You think he did a little bit of cleanup on his wife? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yikes. That is disgusting. <laughs> did you have a big glass of pineapple juice before you railed my wife tonight? I hope so. God damn, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross, buddy. Falwell said he had forgiven his wife and they had reconciled. Falwell implied that he would seek counseling to address the emotional toll this has taken. Falwell has said in interviews that Liberty will pay him $10.5 million as part of a severance and retirement package. Liberty declined to comment on the terms or the amount. Or the time frame. $10.5 million a year. Deferred for 90 years. Yeah, Get dude. fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked up his net worth, and I believe it's $100 million. $100 million, million, million bucks, yeah. Jesus and that's, and that's, again, we've talked about this. That's an understatement because yeah. we know what you're clocking nine figures you're hiding shit yeah, offshore. Yeah, you definitely absolutely. are. Absolutely. And I want to put this out there too because uh, everybody knows on the sh- uh, that listens to the show knows I grew up in a uh, crazy church, so I do know the Bible pretty well. But I do want to point out something that's very simple that anybody that isn't even a Bible reader should know. Like Jesus wasn't about that money, man. He yeah, right? literally beat the shit out of dudes at a temple because they were exchanging money. And all of these people that you see that are on like this, all these. The mega church guys. Mega church guys, yeah. their primary directive, their motive is money, man. Riding around in my G5 to yeah. spread the Lord's yeah. goodwill. They choose to just like hate gays, but they are A-OK with the other part, like the money, like we've talked about. It just, it irritates me to no end, man. Well, and you remember Creflo Dollar. Yes. Um, he put, yeah. Who is he, another person who should probably be on this right. show. We will run literally that. sat in front of his congregation and told them he needs a new plane mm-hmm. to fly around in to go spread the word of mm-hmm. God. And bought it, like you said, bought a private plane. Yeah. And from what I've ne- obviously never been to the church, but apparently there's ATMs just lining the entryway yeah. into the church for you to church get cash church. and pull out. Jeez. Yeah. It's not. I just don't understand. I just want to like shake people and be like, look there. You know what? I'll be honest, man. I've met some people here in the past like month or two that are Christian people and they're like legitimately very good people. Sure. They're, and I mean, they, they live that lifestyle like they, and it, like the, what I think Jesus would have wanted. And I'm so I'm not like, I'm not beating up on Christians themselves. I just, the hypocrisy is what kills Bingo. me. Man. And well, I'm just, sometimes they end up getting slapped in the face with it. And, like, for instance, my aunt, she is a very hardcore Christian, mm-hmm. uh, has been her entire life, and her and her husband have. And lo and behold, their son ended up mm-hmm. being gay. Yeah. And that is one of the hardest things that she's had to deal with mm-hmm. in her entire life. And I mean, I love my aunt to death, you know, and I, I would never wish ill will upon anybody. Mm-hmm. But I hate it when you sit there on your pillar and you're like, you know, screw the gays. That's a that's an abomination. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of justice served when your son, you know, this, your son that you love and you can't deny. Right. Ends up being gay. Why, why is it always about the gays? Why don't, why are they like, why aren't they a super hardcore on shellfish? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They're outside like an oyster place, like Jesus hates shellfish. <laughs> Jesus hates shellfish. And they're like trying to pass legislation to make shellfish illegal. I, I don't get It's just nah. not like, dude. Unless they're trying to fuck your butt, who cares? Who cares to your what point happens? earlier, like, how does somebody else's choices of who they sleep with affect you on a daily basis? It doesn't, man. You know? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. You know? Unless they're trying to fuck your butt. Right. 
That doesn't happen. No. Very, very often. Gay yeah. people's gaydar is spot on most of the time. Yeah. They aren't coming after you. That's why I had a friend that was uh, that was gay, and he was just like, why you motherfuckers think that I'm trying to fuck y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how easy it is for me? Like, fuck off. Yeah, I was like, I never thought about it like that. I guess I was like, that's very, yeah. I was like, you were trying to fuck me all the time. He was like, nah, dude, I'm not into you. I was like. Well, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> well, you Why are, don't you like me? I, well, yeah, that's the thing. You are. I kinda, mean, I'll try a little bit. You're you're a handsome, skinny metro uh, <laughs> metro true, guy, man. so you do kind of fit. I the get clock mistaken for bit. gay a lot, but maybe they're into big burly bears like you, my friend. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we it's offer a, a wide variety. If anybody's <laughs> interested out there. All right, boys. That is Jerry Falwell Jr. Okay. All right. Let's get final scores. Fun, fun chat, boys. Absolutely. So, um. All right, I'll dive into this. You know, I don't really, as we've, you know, kind of gone over ad nauseum right here, I don't really, we don't care what you do behind closed doors. If he, like, wants his wife to get fucked by somebody else, cool, whatever. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? But when you're going to sit there and launch everything against the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. you sit there and deny people who would actually want to come to your school. Mm-hmm. And you're doing shady dealings left and right, just lining your pockets and still sitting at the head of a Christian university. I have a lot of issues with that. So initially I had him at a 6.0 and I think I'm going to jump him up on a whole bunch, but I like where Mikey had him at the front end of the show. So I'm going to give him old JFJ a uh, 7.0 as a final asshole okay. score. All right. All right. Mikey. So, yeah, I mean, I knew a lot of the stuff anyways, but what was interesting was the stuff that Randy brought to the table about those shady ass deals that I didn't know about. Yeah. And I really hate that shit. I I think one of those things that I hate in life is the people that were like I said born on third and think that they hit a triple. Yeah. Yeah. That shit really irritates me. And uh of course this guy has talked about he's like self made and stuff like that. So I'm gonna bump him up to a seven point two five only because I didn't know about the stuff and it just makes me hate him just a little bit more. But he didn't kill anybody. The only problem I have is the hypocrisy. Like, like I said, if dude, if you want some dude to fuck your wife and you want to watch, I mean, it's weird to me. I could never do that myself, but it's your own game. But when you go out there and like shame people for their lifestyles that are probably a little less freaky than yours, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. So that's, that's me. I got to put them at 7.25. All right. All right. Nice. And you guys kind of echoed my, uh, my sentiments here. I don't like the fact he profited off the fact that he was a president of a university and can wheel and deal to line his own pockets. Um, again, I think the thing that grinds my gears the most is the sheer hypocrisy of behavior. There's a lot of other stories we didn't get into about pictures of him drinking alcohol, hanging all over young women, but uh, and he would reprimand the hell out of students. Mm-hmm. If you're caught at Liberty University doing this stuff, mm-hmm. you're fined, possibly expelled. If he's letting other dudes bang his wife, then he's probably banging other girls. You would well, probably. And assume. we know in those emails the way he's described certain students as being like functionally retarded and you know like easy so- to manipulate. Yeah. Well, yeah, and socially whatever. Like he he doesn't think much of his students. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. So as far as being a looker in the bedroom, I mean, again, everybody has their own thing. But to slander and verbally criticize those who did shit just like he did, I got a problem with that. So my final score for Jerry Falwell Jr. is a 6.75. Yeah. And he definitely kissed that dude. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. If invertedly just threw his wife. (laughs) <laughs> nether parts buddy you got you got so gross on this one I, I, like dude, my stomach turned a little bit on the cleanup job you talked about jesus son 
All right, with a 7 from Buddy, a 7.25 from Mikey, and a 6.75 from Randy, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s final asshole score is a 7.0. All right. Flat 7. Yeah. Sounds about right. Awesome. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. If you like what you hear, tell others to check us out as well. You can find all of our shows on your favorite podcast platforms and on social media at AHC Podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for another episode of Asshole Court. So until next time, stay safe, show people love, and most importantly, don't be an asshole. Watch a dude fuck your wife. This is Asshole Court.